The Productive Woman, Episode 338. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you for joining me. This week, we're going to talk about habits. Specifically, we'll be looking at some habits that help me stay productive and a few that don't. Uh, You will find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 338. This episode is brought to you by a new sponsor, Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition with high-quality ingredients and less than three grams of sugar. Their goal is to unite the world through health and happiness by providing access to high-quality nutrition, education, and community. Organifi chooses the highest-quality plant-based ingredients for optimal health. Each blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers when possible and contain less than three grams of sugar per serving. Each superfood blend is easy to use by simply mixing it with water or your favorite beverage while you're on the go, providing you with quality nutrition throughout your day, and they strive to keep prices as low as possible. So as an example of one of the things that they offer, you can recharge your mind and body with Organifi's Red Juice, which is a delicious superfood berry blend of premium organic superfoods that contain potent adaptogens, antioxidants, and a clinical dose of cordyceps, which promotes energy with zero caffeine and only two grams of sugar. This red juice contains 13 superfoods for energy support in a berry superfood drink that's USDA certified organic. No caffeine necessary, as I mentioned, and just two grams of naturally occurring sugar from freeze-dried berries in a blend that's nutrient-dense and antioxidant rich. When that mid-afternoon slump comes, just drop a scoop of this into some cold water, stir it with a spoon, and enjoy the antioxidant benefits. It's healthier than coffee, and there's no caffeine crash after you've finished it. And that's just one of the superfoods products that Organifi offers. To learn more about what they can offer to you, and to get 15% off any item in their online store, just visit Organifi.com TPW. Now to get that discount, be sure to use this special link, Organifi.com TPW. P-W. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash T-P-W. Okay, so we're going to talk about habits today. We've talked a lot about habits over the years on this podcast because I believe with all my heart that our habits very much determine the quality of our productivity and of our life. In his fascinating book called The Power of Habit, which was the subject of episode 147 in our productive reading series, Charles Duhigg says, most of the choices we make each day may feel like the products of well-considered decision-making, but they're not. They're habits. 
He cites a 2006 paper published by a researcher from Duke University that found that more than 40% of our daily actions are not actual decisions, but habits. So obviously they are a significant part of our day and that can be for good or not so good. So what is a habit? Just as a refresher, and we'll put links in the show notes to some of the past episodes where we've talked about habits and habit forming in more detail. But as a refresher, a habit is something we do automatically without conscious thought. Which shoe we tie first, which side of the bed we sleep on, where we put the milk in the refrigerator, the first thing we do when we wake up in the morning, or the route we take to work and back. Duhigg notes in The Power of Habit that the technical definition of a habit is the choices that all of us deliberately make at some point and then stop thinking about but continue doing often every day. And there are habits of action that is things we do or avoid doing. And there are habits of thought, unconscious thought patterns that either serve us or don't. And the dictionary defines a habit as a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. And as we've talked about before, habits uh, develop because our brain favors the familiar. Habitual actions consume less energy in the brain than non-habits, than things we're doing for the first time, for instance. So when we do something repeatedly for which we get that dopamine hit of, of accomplishment, the brain sees that as something important and starts to create these strong neural pathways to support it. Unfortunately for us, the brain doesn't differentiate between things that help us and things that hurt us. It just recognizes the repetition. When we do something repeatedly, the brain somehow kind of keys in on that as, okay, this is something important. Let's make a pathway for this to uh, make it unconscious. We don't, we have to, we don't have to keep thinking about it all the time. All of us, as I've already said, have lots of habits. Most of them we don't even recognize as habits anymore. They're things we do without conscious thought often. And I thought, um, I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, just in my own life, about habits that I have, some of which help me and some of which don't. That is some that serve me and make my life better, uh, more pleasant, more efficient, more effective, whatever that make me happy, uh, and other habits that maybe get in the way of me accomplishing my goals because I have developed these habits over time. And so I thought I'd share with you just as an example of habits that we, you know, that, that are part of our life, uh, some of the habits that help me and some that don't. Some of these you may recognize, and we'll talk at the end about what we can do to maybe steer our brains and ourselves in a, the direction of habits that serve us better. So for instance, one habit that I have developed that helps me is a habit of regular exercise. And this habit serves me because it furthers my goal of being healthy as I age. So it is, as I'm recording this, it's uh, the end of February of 2021. I will turn 61 in May and I really want to be healthy and fit and energetic and 
mobile and able to do all the things that are important to me as I continue to age. And so I have developed this habit of regular exercise. For me, this is what I call, I call it an anchor habit. It's what Duhigg in his book refers to as a keystone habit, but it's one that serves as a foundation and an impetus for other habits. So for me, when I am exercising regularly, I also tend to drink more water and I tend to eat better and avoid junk food, mostly just because I don't really enjoy exercise and I don't want to undo the benefits of that hard work by, um, by eating lots of junk. Not that I don't ever eat anything junky, but I pay more attention to what I'm eating when I'm also working out regularly. Now, this is a habit for me. It's something I do most days. It's one of the first things I do in the day, but it is also a habit that I personally need to nurture intentionally because I don't, it, it's one of those things that I don't enjoy doing. I enjoy having done it. I like how I feel after I've exercised, but I don't like to sweat. I don't like to breathe hard. I don't like to work hard that hard physically. So if I don't nurture this as a habit, it's very easy for me to fall out of it. And so I try to keep the habit going by doing it daily and not allowing myself to miss more than one day uh, in any given week. I try to do it every day, but I do allow myself, you know, if I've had a, a rough night or a, a, a whatever, and I'm really tired or not feeling well, I'll give myself the day off. But for me, because it's not an activity I actually enjoy, I do have to be kind of disciplined with myself and keep it going daily. To develop this as a habit, I had to start very small. And so I bargained with myself for just five minutes on the treadmill or, you know, at various times in my life, five minutes on a stationary bike. So that was part of getting started and, and making it easy for me to do it. I also developed what I call a feeder habit of putting my workout clothes on as soon as I get up in the morning um, so that I don't even have that little bit of resistance of, well, if I'm ready to work out now, I need to go change into my workout clothes. I, I try to get it done first thing in the morning because I that's when I'm uh, as the day goes on and I get tired and busy, it's easier for me to skip it. So uh, since I'm trying to do it first thing in the morning, I put my workout clothes on first thing. Uh, once that five minute workout became habitual, then I started to push myself to add a minute or two. And then over time, another minute or two and so on. And basically once I had established a habit and a routine of 30 minutes of walking in the morning. Then I started um, pushing myself again and increasing the incline or pushing myself to go a little faster for a few minutes. And so over the course of the, the last year, last, at least the last several months, I have worked up from that just five minutes of going um, to I now pretty much every day I go about 40 to 45 minutes a day at a moderate incline, mostly fast walking, but increasing to a jog for two to three minutes at a time every five minutes. And so 
you know, I've built up my physical strength, but I've also built up sort of my discipline and my mental endurance to stay on there and push myself a little harder. And that habit has, has been a really good one for me. If you don't have the habit of regularly moving your body, I encourage you to look into that as something you might want to incorporate into your life. Start small and work up to, um, you know, whatever your goal time or exertion might be. Another habit that I have that serves me well is automatically writing appointments and commitments and so on onto my calendar. This is something I have done my entire adult life and something that has made a huge difference for me in terms of productivity in the sense of consistently being where I'm supposed to be on time and prepared. So for me, this habit is, it, it, it really requires no thought. It is just something I do. Every time I schedule anything, it goes into my digital calendar. The day, the time, uh, the name of the person I'm meeting with, if that's um, what I'm, you know, if it's a meeting or the doctor I have an appointment with, the address, if it's away from home, goes in. Uh, if it's a Zoom or Teams meeting, I put the login information in there. Uh, if it's a dial-in kind of thing or a phone conference, I, I put the phone number right into that appointment in my calendar. I even go so far as if I'm having, for instance, for my legal practice, a phone conference with a client or with the lawyer on the other side of the deal to discuss a document, I'll attach the latest draft of that document to the um, digital appointment in my calendar so that when it comes time for that appointment, everything I need is right there. The number I need to call, the document we're going to be talking about, the name of the person I'm meeting with, everything is there. And this really is uh, a, a, a habit for me that has stood me in good stead, both professionally and personally. My digital calendar also has an option to show travel time, which is useful. And I use that if it's a meeting away from home so that the necessary travel time shows up on my calendar as well. And it can do that if you put the address in. And so, for instance, when I make an appointment um, with my, uh, to get my hair done, I know where my hairdresser's uh salon is, but I still put the address in there because it allows my digital calendar to calculate the travel time from, from where I am. And it shows that travel time on my calendar. So I don't, you know, forget that it's not just that I have an appointment at 10 AM, but I need to leave by 9 30 AM to get there because of where it's located. And finally with my calendar, I always set alerts, um, so that it will ping at me when it's time. I default to, uh, an alert 15 minutes before the appointment, if no prep time is necessary and 30 minutes before the, the time or the departure time or whatever, if I need prep time, such as to set up my podcast gear for recording an interview, I allow myself enough time to do that by setting the alert ahead of time. This is probably one of the most useful habits that I have in terms of my productivity. A third habit that I have developed and cultivated over the years uh, that really has served me well and continues to serve me well is 
the habit of regularly creating and scheduling content for the productive woman and the processes for doing it. This serves me because having systematized the processes over the years, it makes me more efficient. So I don't spend more time than I need to working on this. And because I just feel good about knowing that I'm keeping my commitment to the productive woman community of putting content out regularly. So after nearly seven years of podcasting, these processes and just the objective of the things I need to do to get content, a new episode published has become completely habitual for me. I have a series of processes that I follow in terms of capturing ideas when they come to me, choosing and scheduling topics and actually sitting down to record. So briefly, I use an app called Drafts uh, to capture lists of ideas and potential guests because there's not time when I sit down to work on a new episode to sit and stare out the window and try to think about what do I want to talk about. And so I captured the ideas when they come to me. If I just, if I get an idea from something I read or something I'm watching, or if someone in the productive woman community, Facebook group suggests something or a conversation happens in there that makes me think, Oh, this would be a great uh, episode idea. I, I, grab that and I save it in drafts. So I've got the ideas ready for me. And when the time comes that I'm going to sit down and start working on an outline for an episode, I can go to this list. I don't have to think up something. I just look at the list and see what catches my attention, uh, that I feel like I've got something to say about, pull that out and start working on an outline. I outline my episodes in Google Docs. I have a template for the uh, for the episodes in there. I don't script them, but I outline them so that I try to not forget to say something, you know, if I I've thought of something important that I want to say about it, I, it's in there so I don't forget it when I sit down to record. And I also share my outlines in Dropbox with my virtual assistant, Lisa. So she has my notes the links that I've gathered, all that kind of stuff. And she does the first draft of the show notes for me. I have a template for a checklist of the steps needed to complete an episode from choosing the idea all the way through to publishing it and and uh, sharing about it on social media. And we keep that uh, template in Asana, And that also is shared with Lisa. So we both know kind of where we are on each upcoming episode at any given moment. We can look in there and see what needs to happen next, who's doing it and all of that. So that the habit of using these tools has been very, very helpful in making it more efficient and more effective to get episodes out regularly. And I have time blocked out in my calendar to finish my part of the show notes and a regular schedule for a new episode to be published early each Wednesday morning. Uh, And so the habits that I've developed, uh, it's kind of a set of habits, I guess, for uh, working on this. I think this can apply across the board to any project or any endeavor that you're involved in. Creating systems and habits of doing certain things in certain ways with certain tools and at certain times can make a huge difference in your ability to be efficient and effective at doing that. And, and this is one that's been really helpful for me. 
And a fourth habit that I have developed over the years that really serves me well is just the habit of putting things away. Um, This habit serves me because I'm able to enjoy a generally clean and tidy space, which is important to me. It helps me concentrate and feel more relaxed. And and because I have this habit of putting things away, I can enjoy this generally clean and tidy space without... Uh, things piling up into a big mess that requires a big time and energy investment to get things back in order. So I have just trained myself to put things away. I generally keep, for instance, the countertops in my kitchen and the bathroom generally pretty clear other than a few things that either I think are pretty or that I use multiple times a day. And I've been able to keep those countertops pretty clear and my, the rooms of our home, for instance, generally pretty tidy by cultivating this habit of putting things away as I go. So for instance, I have trained myself to take the few extra steps necessary to put my shoes, my purse, my coat, whatever away when I get home, instead of dropping them on a counter or dropping them on a chair or something. Uh, I've trained myself to put things away in my closet. We have a kind of, Mike and I share a pretty large walk-in closet and it would be easy to sort of drop things wherever, but I have trained myself not to do that, to put my slippers on the shelf they belong on when I take them off at night to go to bed or to hang my workout clothes on a hook or my nightgown on, on the hook that it belongs when I get up in the morning. Um, I have I've trained myself to do that. Um, even though it's just a few extra steps, it means that I don't have to go around later to pick things up and put them away because I just put them away when I'm done with them. I generally, when I cook, I try to wash dishes as I go or load the dishwasher as I go. uh, So there's not a huge mess at the end. It doesn't always happen that way, but I try to do that. I've trained myself to notice when something's out of place, um, when I'm walking through a room or from one room to the next, to kind of do a quick scan to see, is there something here that belongs in the room I'm going to? And just grab it um, and take it with me when I go to the place that it belongs. I also have, um, as part of this habit, tried to organize the spaces in our home to allow me to store things as near as possible to the space where we use them. And if I notice that things are starting to get out of place, things aren't getting, you know, things we use don't get put back where they came from, then I will periodically evaluate where I'm storing them to see, do I need to rearrange space to be a little more functional? I'm, I'm, you know, if I've got this drawer in the kitchen, that's got certain tools in it that I only use, you know, a couple times a year, maybe I need to clear those out to a more remote space and use the nearby space for the things I use regularly, that sort of thing. And I do the same thing with the other people in the house. If I notice them dropping things, uh, and things not getting put back after they take them out, do I need to rearrange things a little bit to make it easier for them to, to get, put it back when they're done? And generally I try to make it easier to put things away than it is to get them out. Because generally when we go to get something we want to use or do something with, we're more motivated to reach for it 
then we are motivated to put it away when we're done with it. And so making making it easier to put things away, even if it's a little harder to to pick them up, if you get what I'm saying, uh, can make it easier to keep things neat and tidy. And just having developed that habit of putting things away as I go, putting them where they belong instead of dropping them. Now, you know, I'm not perfect in that. I do periodically, if I'm sort of in the midst of things going on, I may keep something on the corner of a counter for a few hours or something. Uh, But for the most part, I really try to put things away as I go. So those are four habits that I've developed that help me stay productive and um, effective at what I'm doing. Now, lest it be thought that I'm saying I've got all these great habits and got it all figured out, I thought I'd share a few habits that I have that don't serve me so well, some things I need to work on that have kind of come to my attention in the last few weeks that I'm going to be you know, taking some steps to, to do something about. And the number one habit that I have that I think I need to work on is I've got a habit of procrastinating on some things. This is a habit that does not serve me because first of all, I end up not finishing things that need to get done or getting myself in a stressful time bind because I've waited too long. And I don't like feeling like a person who doesn't keep her promises to herself. When there is something that I've committed to do, or even if it's just that I've committed to myself to do, uh, procrastinating makes me feel bad. Uh, I don't tend to do it on things, uh, commitments that I've made to other people. I tend to procrastinate on commitments that I've made to myself. And, um, that often shows up in the, in the guise of putting things on my to-do list, but not actually doing them on the day that I've written them down for. Generally for me, it's things that require a fair amount of exertion, either physical or for me, more likely it's mental exertion. It's something I'm going to have to think hard about. Uh, and I'll put it on the list cause I want to get it done. I need to get it done. And it just keeps bouncing from one day to the next, Um, And I would like to not do that. This is a habit that I have recognized in myself that I want to work on. I'd like to work on cultivating the habit of doing the things that I put on my list and not putting things on there that I'm not going to do. Being, you know, that's maybe a starting point. Being honest with yourself, not, don't put it on your to-do list if you know uh, for whatever reason you're not going to do it. And if it gets written down, it's going to get done. So that's one habit that I really need to work on. Another one that, and I think I've mentioned this a couple times uh, in some episodes over the last couple of months, I've got a habit of staying up too late. And this does not serve me well, because if I don't get enough sleep, I'm less energetic and just generally less happy the next day. And it simply makes it harder, everything that I need to do harder when I stay up too late. Um, but it's become a habit for me. Now, some of this is because I have trouble falling asleep or sometimes, uh, or trouble staying asleep. Now for that, 
Um, I have found that meditation and specifically the, the sleep stories in calm have made a huge difference. Um, they're not, they are a sponsor uh, in the interest of full disclosure. They're not sponsoring this episode, but calm is a sponsor of the podcast, but I, I have a paid subscription. I paid my own money for this subscription to have access to these sleep stories. They, they have other pieces of it, um, Calm has things like just guided meditations for any time of day and that sort of thing. But for me, these sleep stories that they have have made a huge difference. I have a comfortable pair of Bluetooth headphones that I can wear so I'm not disturbing Mike with the sound and it doesn't matter if I fall asleep in them. Uh, and so I've been using that to help me fall asleep. But that's not the only uh, reason that sometimes I stay up too late. I also have a habit of getting sucked into a book on my, on my iPad. I, I read in the, um, uh, you know, in a, a book app on my iPad and, um, sometimes I get sucked into a book and stay up way too late reading just one more chapter and one more, or even worse, watching YouTube videos with those Bluetooth headphones on. And then I stay up far too late. As I said, it makes it much harder for me to get up in the morning, which interferes with my morning routines, gets me off to a rocky start and just leaves me with less energy and a worse mood the next day. And I don't want to be that way. So this is something that I am consciously working on, uh, a habit that I'm working on changing, making other times to read so that I don't feel like I have to stay up and read this book tonight because otherwise I'm never going to, um, I'm never going to get it finished. Just doing some other things so that I am more likely to get to sleep at a reasonable time. A third habit that I have that I, I think I'm not alone in this. It's certainly one that does not serve me. Um, and that is just mindless social media scrolling. Uh, it, it does not serve me because I use time I'd rather use for better purposes, like reading or working on important projects or simply being present with the people I'm with. Uh, now I, I need to be on social media it has a purpose in developing the community here with the productive woman and interacting with other people, but I'm, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just sort of the mindless, you, you check in on your Facebook or your Instagram and half an hour later, you realize you you've just where that, that that's a half hour of your life that you're never going to get back. Like a lot of people, I struggle with that addiction to checking my phone and looking for new messages and, and new posts on various social media channels. And then I get stuck in there, you know, scrolling from one to the next. I also find myself when working on something that's either ch challenging or boring, sort of distracting myself or interrupting my work to check social media instead of staying focused on what I'm doing. And I don't want to do that. Uh, it, it certainly, anytime we interrupt our focus to do something else, it takes a certain amount of time to get back into that focused work. So it's very inefficient and it makes me less effective at the work that I'm doing. Similarly, I've realized often when I'm watching TV or reading or doing other things, I, I find myself picking up my phone to, to check social media instead of being present in the moment. 
And so that is another habit that I want to work on changing. And I'm, uh, we're going to talk in a minute about ways we can replace or change habits that don't serve us. And the fourth habit that has really been on my mind lately, uh, that a, a habit that I've developed that does not serve me is impulsive or boredom driven online shopping. I mean, this doesn't serve me because I spend too much money. Uh, money that I would rather use for other things, sometimes on things I end up not using. Uh, And this gets in the way of important financial and personal goals like saving money or decluttering the house because I'm bringing more things in. It is too easy these days to see something that somebody recommended on, for instance, a YouTube channel I follow uh, and just click the link to Amazon and order it from my phone, my iPad, or my computer. It's way too easy to do that. And you get that little hit of dopamine when, when uh, you've ordered something that you want or when the, uh, and the pleasure of packages arriving at the house. I'm not a clothes horse, so I don't spend much money on clothes, but I do find myself sometimes impulsively ordering books or tech or household organization or decor items, among other things. And, you know, it's, it's not something that serves me well. Now, because we have no student debt left and our cars are paid for, you know, we're fortunate to have a fair amount of disposable income. So it's not like I'm running up credit card debt. We pay our cards off in full each month, but I still don't like the feeling that I'm spending impulsively. And honestly, sometimes I end up with things that I, that I don't need and I don't use. There are, for me, better ways to use our money and better ways to combat the boredom or anxiety that sometimes drives these purchasing habits. So for me, this is a habit that I want to work on uh, improving. So how do we do that? How do we replace so-called bad habits with with better habits? And I I, I say so-called, I don't know that any um, habits are good, bad, the the better way for me to think about habits is habits that serve me well and habits that don't. And, And so how do you replace the habits that don't serve you with those that serve you better? The first step is awareness. Part of what's difficult about overcoming bad habits is the fact that they're so automatic. We, we often don't even recognize them as existing unless we go looking for them and we start paying attention or maybe some outside source kind of brings it to our awareness. There's a TEDx talk that Charles Duhigg did that I'll link in the show notes because it was really interesting. And he talks about awareness being the key to creating habits that serve or breaking bad habits. So the first part is to become aware that I am habitually doing something that does not contribute to, uh, you know, my productivity or to the, the good things in my life. Once you've become aware, when you've identified a habit that doesn't serve you, then maybe take a little time to study it. Keeping in mind the habit loop, which we talked about uh, in the past, and I'll put links to that episode in the show notes where we've talked about um, the habit loop that um, Duhigg talks about and that uh, James Clear talks about in Atomic Habits. Um, They talk about the cue, 
the action and the reward. So a cue is something that triggers you to do something. And the reward is what you get from having done it. This cue, action, reward loop is what creates habits. And so when you've identified a habit that doesn't serve you, study it and think about what, what is the cue that triggers that habit? So for me, what is the cue that triggers me to go online and buy something? Or what is the cue that triggers me to pick up my phone and check Facebook? Um, so, so look at that. Think about what is the cue? When do you do this habit? And what is the reward you're getting from it? So for me, I, I mentioned like the, the shopping one, which is the one I just talked about. You know, I get that little hit of dopamine in my brain from um, ordering something that I want or and knowing that a, a package is going to arrive, anticipating this thing arriving and where I'm going to put it in my house or whatever. So think about that. Um, what is the cue that triggers it? When does it happen? What's the reward you're getting from it? And, and then you can go to the next step. And that starts from recognizing it's very hard to break or eliminate a habit, even a habit that doesn't serve you. Our brain favors the familiar. Our brain has created these neural pathways and it wants to go down those pathways because it requires less energy from, you know, in our brain. And so it's easier instead of trying to just eliminate a habit, stop doing it. It's actually easier to replace it with a habit that serves you better. So when you identify the cue or trigger for a habit you want to replace and the reward you're getting from it, intentionally choose a different action you'll take in response to that cue, preferably one that will get you the same level of reward. So, um, you know, I'm thinking if I want to replace, um, mindless social media, what is the cue that, that comes up? Well, I'm, maybe I'm bored or I'm feeling lonely. So I want to connect with something. And the reward I get is that little dopamine hit that comes from, Ooh, somebody sent me a message or somebody liked my post or whatever. So what could I do instead? Well, if I'm feeling bored or lonely and, and, and that's what's triggering me to do this, maybe instead of checking social media, I, call my mom or call my daughter or call a friend and check in with them kind of in person. And I get that same reward of interacting with somebody else, uh, without having sort of the, the remote time waste of, of going through, um, you know, scrolling mindlessly through social media. So that's, I, that's an example of how you can kind of think about what, uh, how you're going to replace a habit you want to remove with something that serves you better. And once you've done that, created that new loop, then intentionally practice this new habit loop until it becomes automatic, until it becomes habitual. So those are kind of the simple steps. We've talked about it before. I'll put links in the show notes if you want to look more into this idea of creating new habits that serve you better. Um, as a sort of a final thought in his remarkable book, Atomic Habits, which was episode, we talked about in episode 230 in the productive reading series, James Clear says, 
In the long run, the quality of our lives often depends on the quality of our habits. With the same habits, you'll end up with the same results. But with better habits, anything is possible. And I really believe that. And when, you know, when he talks about better habits, I want you to think of that in terms of habits that serve you better, that move you toward the things that you value instead of interfering with you achieving the life that you want. Um, We can choose our habits, but it takes work. And I would love to know what you think about this. What habits have you cultivated that help you stay productive Or what habit would you like to replace with one that serves you better? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. You can share your answers to those questions or your thoughts on on the subject of habits in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 338. Or post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. If you are a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that's also a great place to continue the conversation and maybe find other people who are working on improving the same habits that you want to work on. And we can all encourage and support each other in that. If you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can always email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. Um, Before we go, remember our sponsor Organifi and the superfood blends that they offer that can help support your healthy life. To learn more about those superfood blends and to get 15% off any item in their online store, remember you can visit Organifi.com slash TPW. But uh, to get the discount, be sure to use that link, Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, Organifi.com slash T-P-W. And thank you so much to Organifi for supporting The Productive Woman. And that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I am so grateful to you for spending this time with me. I hope you felt like it was worthwhile, that you found something in it that will help you in your life this week. I look forward to hearing from you and to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.